Welcome to the SIBO SOS Podcast. I'm Siobhan Sarna, your host. Today, we're going to talk about a very personal topic, and it is hemorrhoids. That's right. I said it. Even as talk of digestive issues has become way more mainstream, hemorrhoids remain something people just don't want to talk about. But you know, that's a really big problem because they can be very painful to say the least and devastating if you have them, dangerous even. And solutions do exist, as well as some preventive measures you can do. So I'm very excited to have naturopathic physician, Dr. Crane Holmes, joining me for this discussion on hemorrhoids. Dr. Crane Holmes and I are gonna be talking about hemorrhoids, yikes. He has a busy, busy practice in Portland, Oregon and has worked with some of the other superstars of this project. And so I'm so glad to introduce him to you. Thanks, Dr. Holmes, for talking to us about a very important topic that most people don't enjoy chatting about. All right, thank you. Let's go there, uh-huh. <laughs> okay? So if you have a hemorrhoid, it's, um, it's painful. It doesn't always bleed, right? Mm-hmm. What exactly is a hemorrhoid? Right, so yeah, hemorrhoids affect um, about 50% of people over the age of 50, and about 30% of people have some sort of hemorrhoid or symptomatic hemorrhoid. So a hemorrhoid essentially is a varicosity of the hemorrhoidal veins. So there's two different types of hemorrhoids. There's internal hemorrhoids, which are part of the superior uh, hemorrhoidal vein. Um, There's uh, external hemorrhoids. And the kind of big difference there is that the internal hemorrhoids tend to be painless and the external hemorrhoids tend to be more painful. Um, The reason for that is they actually, um, they're covered in two different types of cells. So the internal ones have columnar cells and the external ones have squamous cells. And because of that and how they're innervated, um, some people can have painful and some people can have painless hemorrhoids. Innervated meaning because of the way the nerves go to yep, it. Yeah, the way the nerves go to it. Okay. Correct. So I, I had a friend who had a colonoscopy and on the little report it said internal hemorrhoids. Yep. She was like, what? And she had no idea. And so is it okay to have an internal hemorrhoid? Is it something we should monitor, be aware of, talk to our GI doctor about it for the next time we get a colonoscopy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, so most, most people over the age of 50, over half have some sort okay. of hemorrhoid. All right. um, they're, they can grade hemorrhoids, so there's four different grades of hemorrhoids. So for a lot of people, they just have these mild grade one, grade two hemorrhoids. They don't notice them, they don't bleed, they don't cause any pain. And for those people, they usually, you know, we just think about dietary changes or some basic lifestyle things that we could do to help manage those for those people. Meaning more fiber or less fiber? Yeah, more fiber. Okay. Definitely. Okay. And um, things that tend to cause hemorrhoid in people are um, anything that increases our our abdominal pressure. So straining during bowel movements or uncontrolled blood pressure, um, things along those lines. Never heard of that before. Yeah. Bloating? Um, bloating, bloating could be an issue, but uh, it doesn't necessarily increase the pressure enough to cause uh, okay. the hemorrhoid to, to uh, flare to, or form. Yeah. Okay. The way that I talk to my patients about hemorrhoids is I kind of say it's like a balloon, right? Yeah. So you take a balloon, the first time you blow it up, it's kind of stiff, it's hard to blow up, but as you continue to blow it up and blow it up and blow it up, it can kind of get easier and easier to uh, form a hemorrhoid. Um, so, you know, for a lot of people, if they're not straining, they may get small ones because it's just blowing up a little bit. But if you're getting strainings or increasing pressure, uh, those hemorrhoids can continue to grow and continue to stretch and you can get recurrent recurrent hemorrhoids. Okay, let's talk about the kind that bleed because mm-hmm. that is scary. Seeing blood in the toilet, red Definitely. blood or black blood, meaning that you've already digested it. Uh, obviously, it's a horror. It's a horror. Definitely. It's a horror. 
So do you have any, do you have any suggestions about what we should be thinking about if we have a hemorrhoid that is bleeding? And then any thoughts on prevention and treatment? Definitely. So that you're, I mean, you're 100% right. So when people have blood in their stool, I mean, the first thing that I would think about, especially as a doctor, is come see someone like myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is scary. And sometimes the easiest thing that we could do is just give people peace of mind that maybe it is something just like a hemorrhoid um, and it's not something worse. So that usually gives people peace of mind right then. So coming to someone's office like myself, we can take a look and say, yep, for sure, that's what, it, what, that's what you have is hemorrhoids. And then like you mentioned, we're thinking about, okay, A, how do we prevent it from bleeding if it already is bleeding? And B, how do we get it to kind of go away? So there are some things that we can do topically for it, um, both natural and pharmaceutical. So Mm -hmm. a lot of those things will decrease pain and um, uh, kind of help tonify the vein. So help um, make sure that it's it's staying more stable, more strong, um, and holding all that blood kind of back. So uh, we definitely have some options like that. And the other thing to do is to really prevent straining in ball moves in general. So most commonly we see patients that are constipated developing hemorrhoids. So something that I really commonly use is something like magnesium. So people who can find that right dose of magnesium to help have easy bowel movements, they're not straining, um, using a squatty potty or something to bring their feet up. Um, So again, that we're decreasing the amount of pressure that they have to do. And then also exhaling if you have to strain during a bowel movement. So instead of holding your breath and bearing down really hard, Mm -hmm. having a nice breath out while while you're having a bowel movement too. What are some of the topical things that you can do? Mm-hmm. So topical, um, really common, most people have heard of is Preparation H. Oh yeah. Um, Preparation H is something that's widely available. Um, interestingly, so it, it contains things like phenylephrine, which can help with the pain. It contains a steroid cream and witch hazel. So that's kind of what we think about when it comes to uh, Preparation H. And the witch hazel is that thing that I said that'll actually help tonify the veins. Oh. Um, and then naturally we have things like stone root, uh, witch hazel again, something called yarrow, uh, cinnamon, and some of these can be either taken in a capsule orally, or uh, they do actually make a cream that you can use use on your rectum as well. Stone root? I've never heard of that. Yeah, stone root. It's, a, it's, it's an herb. It's an herb that really just helps uh, tonify the vessels. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chinese medicine. Yep. Green box. I see it. It's like a soldier's pill. Do you okay. know what I'm talking about? I'm not familiar with that it's one. It's this pill that they used in war in China if somebody was bleeding on the um, oh. on the field okay. to help with fixing the, the bleeding. And a friend of mine who um, goes to acupuncturist, she said she took these pills for, um, for her hemorrhoid. And then I was having some surgery and my acupuncturist gave me the same pills because she wanted to make sure that I would heal up quickly from any you know, bleeding. Right. So I will put a link about the name of those pills. Right. Note to self. Right. right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You're right. These little, it's like a bubble pack. Sorry, but we'll, we'll give you the information because it's cool. It's apparently like super fast. Well, that's interesting because um, you mentioned after surgery, because for some people, depending on how severe their hemorrhoids are, surgical removal is one of the options. Okay. And um, they actually find, so they call them flebo botanicals. So flebo. flebo. So my surgery was for something else. Uh-huh. God, please don't make me have to have <laughs> surgery for hemorrhoids. That sounds horrible. <laughs> and yet I'm sure it's a relief for some people. Right. Yeah. Flebo. Flebo botanicals, so helping helping with the vein and the vasculature. Okay. Um, and they actually found in a, in a large study in 2012 that um, the flebo botanicals um, that help with the vein actually do help with healing after uh, post-hemorrhoidal removal um, and will help with people that do have hemorrhoids decrease bleeding and decrease overall symptoms, but it won't really decrease the pain. So people that have painful hemorrhoids 
um, it's worth a shot, but it may not worth and it may may not work and it may take uh, you know removal or, or other options to get rid of it. Let's talk about some of those other treatments because mm-hmm. I know there's a there's surgical. And then there's also some some other alternatives that not a lot of people are doing around the country, but I think you're familiar with those. Right, right. Yeah, so um, definitely one of the more common things to try is oral. So that's usually the first place that people start. And then... Um, when you say oral, do you mean like a pill, we, and a pharmaceutical? Yeah, sorry, yeah. So, um, so pharmaceutical oral pills um, or topical, like something like Preparation H, to see if that alone can help uh, decrease the size. And then also, like we mentioned, fiber, fiber intake and um, things to help produce normal bowel movements and help all those pieces at the same time. So as far as surgical goes, um, so there are colorectal surgeons that do treat hemorrhoids mm-hmm. um, and treat colorectal health. So one of the more common things that they will do is something called a, a band ligation. So they put basically a rubber band around the hemorrhoid mm-hmm. and see if they could just decrease blood supply to that area and see if it'll go away. Um, other p- times they'll go and actually cut them open and sew them closed. And, um, and the problem with that is, is for some people who already have issues with bleeding, either issues with prolonged bleeding or bruising or easy um, uh, easy trauma, I guess, to the vasculature, they can have a lot more issues um, coming out after those surgeries. So um, something that we'll try to do is naturopath, or something that um, I've shouted with and uh, practice here in Portland, is something uh, called uh, the Kesey technique or um, electro-surgery of the hemorrhoids. How do you spell Kesey? It's K-E-E-S-E-Y. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what is that? What's involved there? So the, essentially the idea there is it's a, um, we call it a monopolar, monopolar electrocautery. So um, we're sending milliamps of direct current into the hemorrhoidal tissue. We only treat the internal hemorrhoids this way um, because, again, they are painless where the external pain, uh, hemorrhoids are painful. So uh, for people that have external hemorrhoids, they'd have to think about other options. But for internal hemorrhoids, which tend to be the more common type, um, it's a great, it's a great um, treatment. So what we do is we essentially um, insert uh, the electro device into the hemorrhoid while someone is just laying there on the table um, and we run some electrical current through there. It will cauterize a little bit of the tissue, so since we're thinking about the veins needing a little bit of uh, support that way. Mm-hmm. But the biggest part of it is it actually brings our immune system to that those cells itself. So kind of the, the forgotten area of the body in some ways where we have this boggy, saggy, maybe you know, inflamed tissue that we're then sending an electrical spark to that tells the body, hey, we need to bring some guys in here to clean up the area and uh, gobble up some of this extra tissue and see if we can shrink the hemorrhoid down itself. That's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. It's like microneedling for the face, kind of. Yep. That's what it reminds me of. Yep. Would, would the, um, the patient who has Ehlers-Danlos, do you think that they might be more prone to something like this because of the laxity? Definitely, definitely. Uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome patients I see commonly with hemorrhoids and also fissures. So fissures are also a problem with uh, rectal health and are usually actually the most common cause of uh, rectal bleeding. What is, it? what is a fissure? So a fissure is basically a crack that forms in, in the skin around the anus. Mm. Um, the most common place that a fissure actually for, is, forms is the posterior part of, of the rectum. 
um, and then the anterior part. And the reason why they're actually really interesting too is because if you ever have fissures on the lateral side of the rectum, then we're thinking of uh, issues like Crohn's disease or other autoimmune conditions. So um, again, patients with, uh, with rectal bleeding, it's always good to have it looked at because there's a couple different things that can cause issues there. And if we recognize that, oh my gosh, like this fissure is more lateral, it's not in the normal spot, mm -hmm. then we want to make sure we're really doing our due diligence to think about other issues other than just like, oh, it's just a little crack in the skin. Okay. And mm -hmm. does, it, does it come from dryness? So normally it also comes from constipation. Okay. Constipation, um, some people for loose stool too, and then they're also common in pregnancy uh, post-delivery. Um, so I've that's where we'll that see them too. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So if we're going to just continue to go here because yeah. we're in the conversation. But um, like wipe front to back. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions for people who are suffering with this, like using witch hazel frequently? For the hemorrhoids? Yeah, and just for like life. Do you have any advice for people for life? Because life, no one is talking about this. Let's life face advice, it. yeah. Yeah, Look, life advice for, you know, Personal hygiene. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. First, first, always look both ways before crossing the street. You know, that's always good life <laughs> advice. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing really is to try to prevent constipation or prevent straining. I mean, I think prevention model is one of the better ways to do it. Um, for some people, like preparation age can be great because it's something that can be discreet. You can take it with you, you know, and if you're noticing worsening problems, you can do that. Um, another thing that can help a lot of people is a sits bath. So sits bath is a form of hydrotherapy where you actually just sit in warm water. And a lot of research out there shows that the sits bath will actually relax the internal sphincter of the rectum, which they think has some correlation with uh, why people make it recurrent hemorrhoids. Okay, let me ask you a question here. Yeah. What do you put in that? Is it sits bath like sits yourself on down? S-I-T-S? S-I-T-Z. S-I-T-Z, okay. Yeah. Um, named after the famous GI doctor Ben sits. That's not true. Um, <laughs> I don't know who, who that is, but just, well, that's a little Google moment you can have right there if you care. But um, do you put anything in that water? Um, for most people, they just, just warm water just warm is water. totally okay, right? Um, for some people, depending on um, what it is, I mean, I have had, I've heard some, uh, some horror, I don't want to call them horror stories necessarily, but some people putting essential oils and other things into the into the water and depending on what it is, causing more burning or more pain. So for most people, I recommend just trying just hot water and just seeing how it how it could uh, relax the muscles and relax the tissues. Do not put peppermint in that water. Don't put peppermint in the water. Mm -mm. Um, there's something I just saw in the market. It's called a Shakti Spa. Mm. Do you know what this is? No. It's like um, for vaginal steam baths. Okay. And one, uh, it's like this little, this little, um, it's like a little mushroom that you would sit on. And on the inside, there's like, a, literally like a facial steamer. It's just a steamer. And then you can put different herbs in it. And then um, you sit yourself on down there. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the people who were telling me about that said that the, one of the women experienced like a total relief and constipation from the activation of that area of the body. Okay. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I was gonna ask you about was um, magnesium, what kind do you like? Right, so um, I always find it's very patient dependent. So I usually start with a blend for a lot of people. So well, magnesium citrate or magnesium oxide or ma magnesium malate. Um, you know, whatever kind of works for people. Sometimes I really like to, uh, a lot of patients after they've come to see me have tried a couple different things, mm -hmm. uh, magnesium usually being one of them. So I usually just have people start with whatever they already have at home and see if it works. Sometimes, 
you know, uh, the one thing that I noticed commonly is people try taking in divided doses. So take some in the morning and take some at night and they're like, didn't really help with my constipation. But I find that if people could take it all at one dose at once at night, usually right around bedtime. It usually helps to be a little bit better to um, produce a bowel movement in the morning that's easy to pass with no straining. Um, I love powdered magnesium because that way it's really easy to find the right dose that works for a, a, a person and you don't have to worry about swallowing a bunch of pills. Yeah, and there's Calm out there. Yeah, Calm's a great one. a huge, huge product. Mm -hmm. And um, what do you think about the topical magnesium creams? Yeah, um, I haven't found those to work really well yeah. for bowel movements. Yeah. Um, I did see though an interesting study out there about using topical magnesium to actually increase DHEA levels. Um, one of our one of our master hormones in the body that helps with uh, different sex hormones and uh, stress stress regulation. So, could be interesting to try for that at least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what about? Um, sorry, I have a lot of questions. Sure, here. I love questions. A lot of questions for you. <laughs> That's how this whole thing got started. All these questions I have. Um, foot reflexology. Yeah. I love foot reflexology. I was blessed to be introduced to it when I was 13 years old, and it's been such a tool for me. It puts me very quickly into a parasympathetic state. Mm -hmm. um, I know some people can't stand to have their feet touched, so mm -hmm. just not, for them. not for you, that's fine. But um, you can do motility things with it and all that kind of stuff. Have you found that to be true? Yeah, I think that for people that enjoy touch yeah. and enjoy touch therapy, I think that uh, foot massage or uh, foot re uh, reflexology is, is a great option. Yeah, and even just for some people, just putting their feet even in a, in a, in a warming bath with a little bit of magnesium salts too could be really nice. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about too is uh, with a lot of patients is just even getting outside barefoot in general. Mm -hmm. And then just, just so just how nice it is really just to have your feet massaged and touching the ground and kind of just getting feedback is can really help just calm everybody, uh, calm people down and put them more into their body and help with bowel habits and things like that. Little foresting, even if you don't live exactly, near a forest. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Some people. Some people. I just tell if they have grass anywhere, just get a lawn chair and, you know, sit outside and drink your coffee outside. If that's you know your only outside time that you get all day, that's that's something. That is something. That's something. Something in the right direction. Right. Thank you so much. We covered a lot of territory there. Mm -hmm. Really good to have you. Great to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much to Dr. Holmes for being willing to get down to the nitty gritty on these important, if uncomfortable, topics. If you're interested in learning more about Dr. Holmes, be sure to check the show notes to find his website. Also, be sure to check out all the exclusive discounts we have for the SIBO SOS community, which you're now part of because you've been listening to this podcast. And thanks for that. See you next time. Oh,